Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. It always works out like this, where you get a chance to get into work early. I was here two hours before the show today, took my time getting stuff set up. It was so nice. I got to sleep in a little bit today because my other responsibilities here at the station uh, were were pushed aside, so I got to come in at 8 o'clock instead of getting out of my other responsibilities at 9 and then hopping over here and kind of not scrambling, but but definitely like on a little bit of a on a little bit of a time crunch. Um, so naturally, a couple of the things I wanted to do this morning got punted, and I was trying to get them done real quick before the show started, and I didn't. So it's fine. <laughs> it always works like that. Every single time I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get it. Got in early. I'm gonna get a bunch of stuff done. No chance. I'd fool myself every time. Yeah, I get here early. I kind of meander. I drink a couple of cu- a cups of coffee. Um, I get settled in. I turn everything on. And then I just get ready for my day. I'm sort of more of a relaxed, zen out guy. Yeah. And, it, you know, I kind of get in my own head. Sure. Studying some stuff. And, yeah. All right. Well, hey, welcome in, everybody. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> Final show of the week. James and I are going to be off Thursday and Friday. We'll pick it back up Monday with you. But we're getting you ready for the long Thanksgiving weekend. Hopefully nobody's working too hard over Thanksgiving, whether you're traveling and listening right now, whether you're hanging out at home, maybe you're working as well. Maybe you're running around getting stuff ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, We appreciate everybody hanging out with us here on this Wednesday. The Kings face the Pelicans tonight, the second time in three days. Those two teams have faced off. We're going to dive into that. We'll dive into the Thanksgiving football slate, including a huge game. Huge. Huge. Enormous. Massive game. Huge. Between the 49ers and the Seahawks, I'm trying to be better about labeling games a huge game. <laughs> because, no, you can get in you can get in the habit of it. And, and you know this. You've covered a, an NBA team forever, and I think it's a little different in the NBA because there's 82 games. So game 20 is very rarely going to get labeled like a huge game. But in the NFL, because the games are so scarce... And yeah. because now with just the the one seed getting the the top seed in each conference getting the buy in the in the postseason and that buy being so important, like every game feels massive. So I'm trying to really scale back my use of the word like oh big game this weekend because I mean really you need all of them. Yeah. But this one in particular, 49ers at Seahawks, this is what classifies as a huge game. For me, this is over the top, gigantic yeah. game. This is that game where. You have an opportunity to put a stamp on your season and say, look, that little hiccup that we had, that three game hiccup, it's over and it's done with and we're ready to be to, you know, be back on, on the plus side. This would be their third straight win. 
this is one of those things where you start to look at last season and their nine straight wins to finish off the year. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, who is this team? Is this who they can be? Mm-hmm. And if they, they do take a step back, like what kind of step back is it? Is it one of those games where they don't show up? Is it one of those games where uh, like they just get beat by a bad play or they can't come up with a big play? Yeah. Or is it a game where Brock Purdy doesn't have the ability to lead to a, a late yeah. game score? So there are different ways that this can be big. But when you look at this three-game stretch, like I don't want to say that the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs if they, you know, but if they went 0-3 here, it would be catastrophic. Oh, dude, that would, that's... <laughs> Even one and two, you split with Seattle and you lose to Philly. You're not getting the one seed, but you're at least like, okay, division's still in play. Everything everything for the most part it. is fine. You're still in it. Yeah. You probably don't love that you're losing to a, a decent Seattle team and then a really good Philly team because that just kind of knocks you down a rung in the, in the contender tier uh-huh. to me. But yeah, if you're going 0-3, I'm not saying punt the season, but that gives you not only... Not only puts you in the back seat in the playoff hunt, but also makes you wonder, like, okay, if you can't beat Seattle and Philly, who are you going to beat that matters? That's true. Like that's the that's that's the more catastrophic thing to me. And I would say this too. If the Niners somehow go three and oh, they're by far the best team in football. Like if they somehow go into Seattle win, go into Philly win, come home oh, yeah. and, and beat Philly, yeah. They're the best team in football. And I don't think we're back to Team of destiny, <laughs> and in that stretch, in that in that stretch of games, and I mean, we'll we'll talk about it plenty, but I don't care how they win. Like I don't need style points in that anymore. If they go three and zero and win every single one of those by one game, like yeah, that's the best team in football. Yeah, right now I have them what four? I have them four. I think if you I, knock off Seattle twice and Philly, that's super impressive. I think I have them back up at two. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That I, I can I can see that. I just go by. I mean, like I said, I I've I've seen the Niners look worse across three games in a row than the teams ahead of them. So that's just kind of. But to me, outside of the Eagles at one because they're nine and one, and they went to the Super Bowl last year, they're at the top. If you want to mix and match the other four, I'm not going to like argue super hard. Yeah. That's that's just kind of where I land. So we'll have uh, plenty more on this Niners Seahawks game. Really interesting with the way the the practice report shook out yesterday, or over the last couple of days, I should say. Who's practicing? Who's not? I think both teams are going to be a little bit banged up. What? And <laughs> I I refuse to make this like a. I've been on shows before where people are like, "Hey, what we're going to do on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is we're going to bracket the Thanksgiving sides." No. Or who are your top sports turkeys of the year? Roger Goodell. Like, it's always that same. So I refuse to do that. No, it's, but it's Rob Manford and uh, John, John Fisher. Oh, for sure. But they go beyond turkey. I don't want to insult turkey like that. Um, so here's the two Thanksgiving things I want to do. I want to ask you what your Thanksgiving Day routine is. Because okay. I'm always so interested in this. Because I have friends who are like, I don't do anything. That is the job of the chef in the family. I sit on the couch all day. Then there are other people who are very involved, people who run errands. Whatever you want to do. Mine's Uh, chaotic, Kyle. The other thing, I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, The other thing I want to do is, I think at 1030, I have written out a list comparing Kings players to different Thanksgiving dishes. And I'm really excited for that. That's coming up at 1030 and then at 1130. 
we will have KJ Wright, former Seahawks and Raiders linebacker. Uh, he is going to hop on with us and talk about this Niners Seahawks matchup. I'm also going to ask him a couple questions about that Niners Seahawks rivalry that he was a part of because it really feels like that was that was peak NFL. That Niners Seahawks rivalry between 2011 and 2013. Yeah, I wanted that. That's a good question. And then also, you know, especially on after Tom Brady's comments yesterday about mm. the NFL just not being the same and not being as high level. Yeah, he had some decent points in there. Like I, I listened to it and like some of the players that played in in you know other generations couldn't even play sure. in this generation. Yeah, like who they were has been stripped out of the game, and you know, like how you know you were taught how to take a hit, you were taught how to fall and now he thinks that a lot of that's taken out of the game and so you got guys getting hurt because they just aren't doing the basics that they used mm. to about how to play football and how to how to not get crushed every single time you're out there that's why it's always funny dante whitner is on the coverage for nbc sports bay area he's he's on the niners pre and post where's an ascot like nobody else dude my man can dress right yeah but dante whitner was with the 49ers like a decade ago oh and he, could not play now he killed people he would be like, a li- he would be a linebacker now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even still, and he his would style get of play wouldn't go all the time. He got flagged quite a bit in in the early 2010s. Yeah, yeah. And it's only gotten it's only got. I hate saying soft because I, it, it, the NFL is not soft, but it's gotten softer. Yeah, toward it's <laughs> every it's trended week. more toward the soft end of the spectrum. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> every week there's someone who hits that. somebody. And the problem that you have is that you're if you've been a football fan forever and you've watched forever, like and you see a hit, you're like, oh, that's a flag. We're already conditioned with like what's what's legit and what's not, and there is no more jarring the ball loose. And and I do mm-hmm. think that like there's a, a reason why wide receiver numbers are skyrocketing and why I draft all of them in fantasy football. It's because you can't touch them and you can't hit them. And you know Tom Brady made the point like there used to be this there were spots on the field I can't throw to against this team because I'm going to get my player injured and I'm going to lose him for the game because he's going to get popped by, you know, player X. You know, what's fascinating about that is this year yards per reception is the lowest it has been in NFL history. You know why? Because they're not going deep. They, they do all these under wraps because, because you can't, yeah. You can't hit somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, like I I didn't I wasn't offended by what Tom Brady said at all. I hope a lot of players aren't, but I, I would love to ask uh KJ Wright about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be a great question. Because he played in that era. Yeah. In that in, he was kind of at the tail end of the of that he was in that Dante Whitner era. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. you know, it was definitely a little softer, but you definitely still saw some big hits. It didn't. Whitner's hit on Pierre Thomas in the playoffs, where Pierre Thomas fumbled for the Saints yep. right down there near the goal line. That's a 15-yard penalty today. Oh yeah, like easy, easy work. So yeah, would love love to ask KJ Wright about that. That's coming up at 11:30. Um, let's get into the Kings injury list real quick because oof, it's not great. No, uh, we do have a little bit of updates though. Um, okay, great. Uh, our friend. Uh, Chris Biederman is there. Uh, former friend. Uh, <laughs> he shall not be named. Go on. Okay, he went to the dark side. Uh, that's why he's a former friend. Uh, but uh, he's there in New Orleans, and he said that no Keegan Murray at shoot-around this morning, uh, but Sasha Vizenkov and Trey Lyles were both full go. Um, we've got Sasha Vizenkov on the injury list as questionable with a thumb issue. We've got Chris Duarte on the injury list with a... 
uh oh, finger issue, hand issue. Uh, we've got uh, Trey Lyles, who has not played a game this season, mm. uh, who does look like he will play after uh, injuring his calf right before the start of the season. Yeah. So that's a good thing for the Kings. And then, of course, we have Keegan Murray, who's questionable with a lower back issue. Um, this is a problem for the Kings. Now, normally, I would say, like, look, if a guy doesn't go to shoot around, he's not going to play. I'm not going to make that distinction today with uh, Keegan Murray. A low back is something that if you show up early for a shoot around and you he's getting treatment, he's going to get treatment all day mm-hmm. and you don't want it to be something that, you know, he's he's sort of questionable and maybe he'll play, maybe won't. Yeah. Like, there's going to come a point in the day where you get him warmed up, you give him treatment, you're going to look at it and you're going to make the call and you don't need a shoot around because he's going to go out if he does play and defend Brandon Ingram, which is the toughest guy you got to play against. Yeah, I would wow. he it was so it, he's listed as questionable. Would you call that truly questionable or would you lean more doubtful? Well, at this point, I mean, if he didn't go to shoot around, I'm going to say he's more doubtful than he is questionable, but not full doubtful. No, somewhere between doubtful. doubtful and questionable. Yeah, I mean, a back okay. injury with a young guy, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're talking about they're going to they're going to give him treatment all day and there could mm-hmm. come a point where he goes, "Hey, look, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Let's do this." Uh, there's also a possibility they're like, "Look, we're just going to sit you for a couple of days." and make sure that you're good to go, especially with uh, a couple of in-season tournament games coming up on Friday and, what, like Tuesday. All right, speaking of injury reports, a couple of really interesting names popped up on the injury report for the 49ers and the Seahawks for Mm. tomorrow's game we will talk about. That I shouldn't say the injury report, the practice participation reports, the injury report, the status report for Thursday's game will come out a little bit later today and we'll get we'll get some answers on on some of these players. We'll talk about that. We'll also dive into this Kings Pelicans matchup as the Kings face the Pelicans for the second time in three nights tonight. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube right here on ESPN 1320 Sacramento's Sports Leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, dude. That Pacers-Hawks game last night was nutty. Wild, man. The Hawks became... I looked this up last night. Okay, so first fun fact about... If you did, if you missed it, the Pacers beat the Hawks in Atlanta 157-152 in regulation. That was just regular time, no overtime, nothing. Mm. So it was the sixth game in NBA history where a team scored 152 or more in regulation, in regulation, a key here, and lost. It's happened a bunch of times in OT and double OT. You got you, James, and, and some people in the chatty house mentioned the, the Kings and Clippers last year. The Clippers scoring a buck 75 in double OT and losing, but in regulation, okay? So the the Pacers became the sixth team ever to allow 152 points in regulation and win. The Nuggets have scored 152 points in regulation three times and lost. Okay. They were also on the winning end of one of those. The Nuggets have been involved in four of the six. Well, that's because the late 80s, early 90s Nuggets didn't play defense. All they did was run up and down the court. It's like Alex (laughs) English and... Two of them were 1984, and I think two of them were 1990. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> like, Fat Lever, uh, Michael Adams, uh, yeah, again, Alex English, yeah. that's that's all they did. They just, like, we don't care about defense. Yeah, just, just, no, no, no Fs to give. 
No, they just it was incredible. run and gun. It was a lot of fun to watch. We're, strangely, of the five games previously that happened before last night, only one Eastern Conference team had ever been involved. Oh. And it was Washington against Houston in 2019. So this was the first time that two Eastern Conference teams had scored 152 plus in the same game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know why it is, but East Coast Eastern Conference basketball has always been... More slow down, weird. more plotting. Isn't it weird how like really strange? It's it's like you have to stay up late to watch the fun basketball. The Pacers had an offensive rating of one hundred and forty four point eight last night. That's wow. Sick. Tyrese Halliburton eleven of eighteen from the field, nine of fifteen from three. He had sixteen assists and thirty seven points. Yeah, he's <sighs> he's good, man. I like I, Buddy Heald twenty four points, six of six from three. He had a huge three over Bogdan. Yeah. Incredible. That's why, I mean, you got to love it because it was like high level fun basketball. That was, okay, so that's the thing is it wasn't a layup line. No. It wasn't, it was just guys hitting tough shots. Like there were so many tough shots in that game. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Trey Young, Trey Young had 38 points, eight assists, one rebound. (laughs) Mm. Get in there, Trey. Bogdan, 26 off the bench, 10 of 15 from the field. Yeah. He's been good. I'm, I have him on my fantasy basketball team. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, it's fun to have, you know, some of the former players so you can just kind of track what they're doing. You don't have to look it up every day. Yeah. Yeah. Re- uh, Cleveland-Philly was a good game as well. That one went to overtime. Cleveland pulled out a win in, in Philadelphia. That's pretty impressive for them. But that Pacers-Hawks game was game of the night last night. Shout yeah. out to League Pass. Again, I I think everyone should be watching the uh, these end-season tournament games because for some reason... dude. There's a, a couple of them that are just crazy good, and of course the the Pacers stamped their their ticket to the quarterfinals. I guess last night with that win, I'm rooting hard for the team. Pacers. Yeah, I, I mean, who wouldn't love to watch a Pacers Kings um, in season tournament finals? I need it. I need it yeah. so bad. One, so the NBA can sit on the Pacers Kings. Uh, what's the 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 lack of national hullabaloo that they're missing if it's like Lakers Celtics. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and I want to see how the how the how ESPN and the league would cover a Kings Pacers in season tournament final. Okay, I need to see it. I, I do too. I think they'd I, be really uncomfortable. It would it. just be the whole time. It would be like Sabonis versus Halliburton, or yeah. they would do like. The, the guy they left behind, yeah. you know, like yeah. it would be the whole time you'd just be playing up this narrative. And you know what? Like, look, at this point, I'm going to do this, Kyle, right here today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to declare the Sacramento Kings the winner of the trade. I'm also going to declare the Indiana wow. Pacers wow. the winner of the trade. I'm going to, I'm going to de- de- declare that both teams won the trade. That's it. Both teams won it. That's not like I was listening to to the Ringer NBA show today. Uh, it's called Group Chat. It's it's Justin Verrier, Rob Mahoney, and and Was Big Was Was mm-hmm. New and they're talking about they they each brought a, a player to the table. It was their their pot like they bring a player, a take, and a team or something like that. And I believe it was Rob brought De'Aaron Fox, and they basically had this discussion about like he is one of the top guards in the league. He's playing at an MVP level, like da da da. Like this was this is the whole thing, and that inevitably led to the the De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton discussion. And 
Like the crux of it is they were never going to work together. Nope. And so the Kings sent Halliburton to a place where he could thrive on a team. He could thrive. And they got back the perfect compliment for De'Aaron Fox. And then they talked a lot about the Sabonis Fox two man game and how, how important it's been for both players and really kind of maximizing what they're going to be in this and that good players individually now like MVP candidates because of, of how they exist together. And it was a really good discussion and it just lends to what you said. There doesn't have to be a loser in a trade. Yeah, this is the one where I don't know that I've ever seen something like this before, where there are two, like both teams won. I mean, the Kings went out and snapped a 16-year playoff drought. They snapped it. Sabonis was a centerpiece. He's an all-NBA player. He could make the Hall of Fame. Same thing with Ty uh, Halliburton. He Mm -hmm. can make the Hall of Fame. Yes, and he like he's going to be the most charming dude in the league for a long time. Like that guy can flat out talk. So, like, look as in my point of view, um, you also have to remember that the Kings were able to move off a of Buddy Hill's contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does actually matter. And did you spend that money on on Sabonis? Yes, you did, but that's okay. Like, yep. I, you know, you were able to land Sabonis on a five-year extension, well, four-year extension onto this year's contract. He's going to be a king into his 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, look, you you won, the Kings won this deal too. They're one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And they're one of the best teams in the Western Conference because not only is Sabonis excellent, but he made De'Aaron Fox out much better. The, the Kings with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox would be... Okay, they wouldn't be awful. They wouldn't be winning 20 games, but they'd probably be like a fringe play-in team. Yeah, like 38, 40 games. Yeah. And, and then the someone Pacers, would have to get traded. That's and, the way those things work. And the Pacers would be significantly worse. Like, the Pacers would be worse. Oh, yeah. And so when both teams get better from a trade, winner, both teams win. Winner. It's just not hard. It, it, no, I agree. You don't need to hot take it, man. You don't. No, I, okay. I yeah. 49ers, 49ers Seahawks injury report. That's what we were supposed to talk about here. Oh, uh, so so uh, the teams didn't practice on Monday, so they have to put out a projected participation report. So DK Metcalf was not on that projected participation report, which means mm. he was a full go, not on the injury report. Okay. Yesterday he shows up as a non-participant in Seattle's practice with a toe injury. So this might be a matter of he tweaked something and they just gave him the day off on the short week. Or this could be a real issue for them because if DK Metcalf doesn't play and you have Geno Smith, who's limited on the projected report and yesterday with a right elbow and tricep injury, he got hit while throwing against the, against the Rams. If you have a banged up Geno Smith and no DK Metcalf, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of the teeth out of Seattle's offense. Oh, and Kenneth Walker, their starting running back hasn't, hasn't practiced at all with an oblique injury. I don't think Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker's going to play. No, I mean, like like I watched him get hurt in that game. And it was weird. Yeah. You saw him. He was going through. He was getting ready to like try to cut through a small hole in mm-hmm. in the line, and you saw him grab his his. Oh, uh, I think his left hip. Yeah. Area. You could see him like oh, and and he then he went. He hit the hole and kind of spun and rolled over as he hit people, and then was like, oh no, I, I need to I need to go. Yeah. So you could see that he hmm. he did damage to the oblique right there in the play. Really weird. Yeah. I, and the, of course, and the fact I he hasn't this. practiced is yeah. Not and a he's good sign. he's on my fantasy team too. So Oof. so I watch Kenneth. <laughs> Very we, we yell for Kenneth all the yeah. time. Very closely. So it looks like he is not going to play. Uh, DK Metcalf, TBD. Geno Smith probably going to 
gutted out. He came back at the end of of the of that game the other day and had Seattle in position to to hit a game winning field goal uh, that was pushed wide right. But it looks like he he'll probably play. So um, if it's no DK Metcalf though and no Kenneth Walker, like I said, that Seahawks offense has has a lot less teeth. Uh, for the 49ers, left guard Aaron Banks was back in practice yesterday. He was limited. Shanahan said he has a chance to go. It sounds like Spencer Burford, the right guard, is not going to play. If neither of them plays, and they have, I, I genuinely, I, I, I have no idea who would start at the other guard spot. I that's not Seattle. Good. That's really bad. Seattle's defensive line could really eat. I mean, if you don't know who's starting, that's a big deal, Kyle. I don't think I genuinely think if you said, "Hey, Kyle Shanahan, truth serum, who's starting at right guard?" He wouldn't know. Who does he have? <laughs> uh, three guys on the practice squad. One guy named Jesse Davis, a veteran journeyman. Uh, and two undrafted rookies, one guy named Corey Luciano, who started one year at center for the University of Washington and is now playing guard in the NFL. And then Il Manning, who started for four or five years at, at Hawaii at left tackle and is now learning how to play guard in the NFL. Both seems, undrafted rookies. It seems like they should have gone out and made that trade with the Vikings to Boy. go get that, that left guard. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Tough. All right. So that's what's going on with the Niners. We'll talk about Talano Hufanga's injury in a bit. They they replaced him on the roster with an offensive lineman from the Jags practice squad, but Shanahan didn't sound super confident that he was going to be up to speed by by Thursday to play. Um, Trey Lyles is coming back for the Kings, though, in other injury news, some good injury news. We'll talk about what that means for the Kings, and I want to compare the Kings to Thanksgiving dishes. And I put this together this morning, and I'm really excited to share it with you all. And I hope I'm excited. you're excited to hear it. I'm okay. excited for well, you to share as, with us. As long as, as long as you're excited. That's all that We're matters. the insiders. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Earth. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320. You got me rolling on candles at the break, bro. Wild. Candles. You get. thought I was joking when I was like, I got you on your, your podcast candle. All right, I'm in. All right. I'm gonna get you several. I'm gonna be like, here's. I'm gonna label this. I'm gonna label the top and be like, here's a summer scent. <laughs> is this spring scent? Is a uh, fall scent that'll do in a pinch in the winter because there are fall scents that don't play in the winter. Oh, okay. I gotta oof. like the pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, not a winter scent. Fall scent. There we go. <laughs> this is this now is serious. Like, Kyle. Now like fallen leaves or there's like like sweater weather like flannel. That'll play in the winter as well as the fall for me. Flannel, the candle? Mm -hmm. It smells like flannel. I mean, it it smells like essence of flannel. (laughs) When you, when, if you actually, if you hold a flannel candle to your ear, you can hear (laughs) grunge music. It's really cool. You're going to make me cough, Kyle. Trey Lyles. (laughs) Speaking of candles, Trey Lyles. No, um, all right. Trey Lyles. Focus in. Said to return tonight for the Kings. This is a sneaky big deal, I think. I think it's a really sneaky big deal. So you think maybe not even a sneak. You just think it's a big deal, not even sneaky. I I think people around the league don't understand what Trey Lyles means to a team like the Kings. Sure. What what this does is it just gives Mike Brown so many different options. Right? You add in a guy like Trey Lyles and you can play small ball five. So you can you can cut your lineup to super small and super fast, like we were talking about. It. Look at the Minnesota matchup on Friday. Mm-hmm. What if you go Trey Lyles and Sasha Vizenkov or Trey Lyles and Keegan Murray, and drag Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns away from the basket, and just think what that opens up for guys like De'Aaron Fox and uh, Malik Monk. Like it just changes everything, and so. Yeah, I'm all in on the uh, the Trey Lyles return. This is a big deal. Trey Lyles was excellent for the Sacramento Kings last year. He's going to come in hungry and ready to like earn his spot in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a week ago, two weeks ago, I would say I don't know where he fits. Like, how is he going to? How are you going to plug mm-hmm. him in? But at this point, like I, we know what Javale McGee is, and against certain centers, I, I think I'm okay with Javale McGee coming in and playing some minutes against Rudy Gobert if. Gobert is just dunking on you the whole time, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But outside of that, like this team with their speed, their quickness, their ability to, their versatility on the Mm -hmm. offensive side of the ball, Trey Lyles can shoot the ball. He can take it to the rack. He's a good rebounder. Mm -hmm. uh, He's a good passer. Like Mm -hmm. these are all things that Trey Lyles just naturally fits in and can do. He can set a big screen. And I I even, you know, I like the matchup against him and, uh, Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. like Zion's big and tough, but uh, Trey Lyles is a is a good mixture of like a solid, sturdy dude who can you know take a hit and, and uh, stay with a guy. And I'm I'm down. Like it's not like you're if you let uh, Zion go in space and he's just running to the middle, mm-hmm. it's over for whoever it is. Right? Sure. But if you're playing man on defense and you're you know keeping a body on a guy. I like Trey Lyles in that situation, especially to slow a guy down. And then if someone can cut off that left hand uh, uh, of Zion, you just make him a lot more defendable. 
I kind of wonder if we see Sabonis with Lyles a lot tonight. Yeah. Like, is that the adjustment for Zion? Is just putting a couple of more big bodies down low? Yeah, because, I mean, Zion's not going up and dunking on everybody in the lane. He's I mean, he doing, can, but well, that's not what he did the other night. Well, yeah, but he he can in, like, if you let him loose and he's running at the rim. Yeah. Right, either in transition or in a breakdown situation on the, on the defensive end where he's on the perimeter and he takes somebody off the dribble and mm-hmm. you just have, like, a, a free run at the rim. But outside of that, like, you don't see him go up. He's a guy who's got all these crafty little flips. Mm-hmm. We talked about it yesterday. You know, there's those guys you play against. And you're like, how in the world? Like, there were three shot blockers waving at the ball. Yeah. And you're like five foot seven, and you somehow contort your body and flip a ball up, and it hangs on the rim for two seconds and falls in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he is. He's one of those guys that just has a knack for for putting the ball in the basket when he's uh, when he's surrounded by people. And that's what makes him so tough because he's so, you know, wide. Like, he's such a big, yeah. strong guy, uh, but broad-shouldered. And, mm-hmm. like, it, he's tough to, like, it's tough to block him. But what you have to do is you have to cut off his lane where he's going. Yeah. And you have to take a charge. And I think Trey Lyles will take a charge. And, mm-hmm. and I think Mike Brown, you're going to see him up off the bench Cheering on his guys so loud when they they finally take a charge against uh, against Zion in this game because I, I think you'll see it probably three or four times where yeah. they really try to stick their nose in there and take a hit. It's just so tough with him because he, like you said, he is so big. Yeah, like just a he's not six ten or anything, but I think he's listed at six eight. I think he's more like six six. But I mean, he's just like you said, he's so he just creates a little bit of space with that body contact and gets a shot up. It's it's really he's a really really tough guard, but I think it gets easier if you have a Trey Lyles and a Demonis Sabonis. That's two bodies on him. Yeah, and like I said th- tonight, I want to see the Kings just get the ball out of his hands. No, totally. That's yeah. That's I, right I'm now. with you. Get uh, get the ball out of his hands. Make him into a passer. Make mm-hmm. somebody else beat you. Um, because this team, while they hit shots against the Kings last game, they're not typically a a spectacular three point shooting team without CJ McCollum. So. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's an interesting fit with Trey Lyles tonight because if you have no Keegan Murray, it sounds like Sasha Vizenkov is going to go. But wh- wh- who who loses minutes aside from Javale McGee with Trey Lyles back? I think that that's right away. It's it's Trey. I, I mean it's uh, it's Javale, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I'm not sure. Like, I think it's going to be a little bit of everybody. Like, I think we're going to see maybe, well, Keegan Murray's out. So, well, he's not out. He's he's questionable. But if he mm-hmm. is out, yeah. well, there's 30-something right there. So sure. we in the first week here, we don't know what it's going to look like. But eventually, once everybody is healthy, I think we'll probably see a little bit less of Harrison Barnes. And we'll mm. see more of Keegan Murray at the three. We'll see more Kevin Herter at the three. Like I think you're just gonna have to you know manipulate your your lineup here a little bit and yeah. and again I think we're gonna see less and less backup point guard minutes yeah. uh, for whoever that is so I, I think we're gonna see Duarte play alongside Malik Monk more I think we're gonna see uh, you know sort of an accumulation of of guard play especially mm-hmm. if you have this opportunity to go small ball and really push the tempo this is another one of those we talk a lot about the Mike Brown all in thing. And this is a perfect example of where that manifests to me because it sounds like based on what you're describing. And I think what Mike Brown probably want, because in an ideal world, you have your starting five 
and then you have your rotation of four or five guys off the bench and you just do that every night. But it's pretty rare in the NBA that you can just do that and it's going to be more of a mix and match and yeah. matchup based and okay, who's hurt tonight, who's available. And I think that's where the all-in thing kind of comes in where, okay, hey, you're plugging Trey Lyles, a significant piece back into this rotation. Can you do that without losing Chris Duarte or um, Harrison Barnes or whoever's minutes are going to, JaVale McGee, whoever's going to lose minutes because of this. When they are called upon, are you still going to get the same production out of them? And that's why all those players that I just named, Chris Duarte, like clearly, he had a role, it went away, and then he starts the other night and has his, has his best game of the year. Yeah. And then Harrison Barnes is not a player that I would worry about if his minutes get cut down or his role gets changed in some way. I'm not worried about Harrison Barnes moping. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Harrison Barnes is going to be a team player no matter what. And yeah. even like tonight, if if Keegan Murray is out, as, as we, we suspect that he probably is, um, I, I think don't be surprised, people, if, if Kessler Edwards is your starter. Like, don't be surprised if he huh. if he starts tonight alongside Harrison Barnes at the forward position, and because you're going to need his length and his athleticism mm-hmm. on uh, Brandon Ingram, and mm-hmm. and that means that unfortunately for Harrison Barnes, he draws a short straw, and he's going to have to defend Zion, uh, which you know of course one guy can't defend Zion by himself, mm-hmm. but like I, I think Harrison's played really well defensively this year, yeah, and like the last thing I want to do is you know, put Sasha Vazenkov out there and and with a bad thumb and say, Hey, here's Zion, go ahead and deal with him. <laughs> like good luck with it. Or or here's Brandon Ingram. Good luck with that. Yeah. So you know, I guess the other thing you could do is you could start Chris Duarte um and shift uh Kevin Herter to the three and say, Hey, like good luck with Brandon Ingram. This is what we're gonna start with and see if Kevin can can slow down Brandon Ingram a little bit. Um, again, we're looking at a six foot nine guy versus six foot seven guy, but I think that Kevin Herter outweighs uh, Brandon Ingram by, by like 15, 20 pounds. <laughs> Ingram's just such a tough guard, man. He is. But I throw Duarte on him too. Yeah, I just give him give him some different looks because I don't think I think he and Zion are the kind of players that if you keep throwing the same thing at him over and over again, they're gonna figure it out. Well, and that's gonna why score a bunch of points. I think that's why there was a lot of frustration watching the game the other night against uh, New mm-hmm. Orleans that they never made the the adjustment. Mm-hmm. Then no one ever stepped in and took the charge. Yeah, and and I know Mike Brown. I know he he's yelling and screaming to somebody step up. Yeah, somebody step up and cut off the left side, and they never did it. Yeah, and so I, I would like to see what how they're going to handle this. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating seeing the second matchup in three days. This is one of the things I do like about these little two game sets. It's just the game within within that within that. I don't want to say the game within the game, but the the strategy across the two games. Yeah, because it's pretty. It's just pretty rare that like you get to get MV uh, not MV uh, playoff style adjustments within the season because it's like you'll see a team and then you won't see them again for six or eight weeks. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like, okay, play them one night. You get one day to kind of figure it out and try again the next night. So it'll be interesting to see how Mike Brown and, and his coaching staff <laughs> go about defending Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson after they both went off on, on Monday night. Okay. You're ready for this? Bef- I am. Before, I'm really I, excited about we it. We get some breaking news here. Oh, Hall and Oates are, are in a confidential legal battle that has Bro. led Daryl Hall to get a restraining order against John Oates. There's a restraining order, Hall and Oates restraining order. What is happening? 
Oh my god. That's awesome. We got Hall and Oates beef? We got a Hall and Oates beef. <laughs> 60-year-old dads everywhere are ruined. Just crushed. <laughs> it's okay. a good segue into what's coming next. It is. Speaking of beef. That's not speaking of beef. <laughs> Stupid. Speaking um, of two turkeys. <laughs> I wanted to do something Thanksgiving related. And I have decided to compare the king's players or some king's players to some Thanksgiving side dishes. I think I got most of the like classic side dishes covered. Okay. I don't have the entire roster on here. So I had to pick and choose in some. And if there is a side dish that your family has yearly that I don't have in here, I apologize. And also, this is not a... Here's how I feel about these dishes. So I don't care that you don't like green bean casserole. It It's about the explanation. Kyle and, and I love green bean casserole. We're big, we're big GBC guys. Maybe you're not. Whether you like green bean casserole or not is is irrelevant to the conversation, though. And whether I like these dishes or not is relevant. I'm going just the explanation is is the bit. Okay. Okay. Here we go. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is turkey. And again, if you think turkey's dry and it sucks, fine. De'Aaron Fox is turkey because it's a staple. It is it is to most people what they associate with Thanksgiving. It is the on the table every year and that's De'Aaron Fox to me. He is head of the table. Okay. He's right there. He's the centerpiece. The se- Thank you. Centerpiece is what I was looking for, He's not the, head of the table. The thing right in the middle. Yes. Yep. Yes. He, right in the middle. Whole whole holiday revolves around that. Yes. Okay. And again, if you do prime rib or ham, I don't care. Okay. Everything else is an accoutrement. Right. Okay. Demonis Sabonis, stuffing. Oh. Because a necessity, it elevates the turkey. I don't it, whether you stuff it or you call it dressing. I don't know. I don't care. Dressing to me goes on salad, but I, I'm not gonna. I, again, I'm not here to argue. Uh, but also, like paired with the turkey, really, really good by itself. Good, but like mm, eh. I need, I need it. Need, it needs something. So the turkey and the stuffing they pair together. Domas and Fox pair together. Bang bang. Okay, I'm with you. Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter's the gravy, and here's why. I feel like it really ties everything together. Like, he can make or break a game. Kevin Herter can. If he goes two for 11 from three, it's like, oof. But hey, on those nights where he's going seven of nine, really, really hard, really hard to stop. And sometimes gravy sucks. There's bad gravy. There is bad gravy. But also you get an elite gravy and you dump that over your food. Over everything. Like, it tie it ties it all together. I feel like Kevin Herter is the piece that ties really everything together with the with the Kings offense. Dribble handoffs, the corner threes, when he's getting rebounds, he's dishing assists, he's getting into the mid range, he gets a little floater game going. Okay. But there are nights where he's just not going to be very good. And on those nights, it's tough for the whole dinner. Okay. I'm with you. You rock with it? Okay. Keegan Murray's mashed potatoes. Okay, that's where I was. That's what I was thinking you were going to do. Okay, chance to be elite. Mashed potatoes are are my favorite thing, and mm-hmm. my mashed potatoes are elite. Excellent. So chance to be elite, right? Some nights, like or sometimes, it's like mm, not my favorite. Ma- Never terrible, but like eh, not my favorite mashed potatoes. And you think that the mashed potato can exist by itself, and you think the mashed potatoes could maybe someday be like the one or the two in a dinner. But it's like you know what. 
really better with the turkey and the stuffing. It's really better within the confines of this, and they're great by themselves. But within the plate, the mashed potatoes have a really, really high ceiling. Okay. So for me, I always it's always a second helping of mashed potatoes, but I need a good gravy with that mashed potato. I'm a big mm-hmm. mashed potatoes and gravy guy, not just mashed, mashed potatoes by themselves. Of course. Uh, Harrison Barnes is a dinner roll. Because it has to be there. Just <laughs> <laughs> your delivery. It, it has to be there. <laughs> and on su- depending on the dinner roll that gets brought, you're like, damn, this is a good dinner roll. <sighs> then there's sometimes you have it and you're like, could have done without it. Like, this is on the plate, but you know what? It's... Mm. Okay, so... I, I, this I is, want this dinner roll to do more for me. <laughs> this is where this is where we differ. Okay. Um, JaVale McGee would have been the dinner roll. Oh, I've got JaVale coming up. I, I get you. I get okay. you. But this is... I, I'll tell you why. Because I have two Thanksgivings every year, which we'll get into later. But I can't waste... I, I can't... The dinner roll looks good. It smells good. It's sitting there. You need a dinner roll because there are dinner roll people at the table. Mm-hmm. I don't eat a dinner roll because that's like that's like filling up on soup before you get your meal at a restaurant. That's the thing is you don't want too many dinner roll. You don't want too much dinner roll. Yeah, yeah. So and a lot of times I will pass on said dinner roll because I know I've got. I'm going to save that for mashed potatoes. Right, right. See, you pass on dinner roll because you know what? Maybe there's something better. Okay. Just like we sit here and go, you know what? Could the Kings upgrade at the at the four spot? <laughs> yes, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, Malik Monk is mac and cheese because there are nights where that is elite and the star of the dish. Then there are other nights where you're like, who made this? You're uninvited. This and is then, and separated then, and, and greasy. Then, and then and then mac and cheese wonders. You know what? Could I be the star of a different dish? Could I be a star of a dish at a different meal? And you're going, you know what, mac and cheese. Maybe, but you're you're at home right here. You're at home right here, starring in that second plate. Okay, gravies, mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing are done. Here's the mac and cheese now, and the mac and cheese is now the star. And I, I get it because mac and cheese, you could go like, hey, I, you could add you could add a little bacon to this mac and cheese. It'd be a little different, a little prosciutto. How about mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. You say you, you know you can do like a shrimp with mac and cheese. You can you can add that in here. You know, you can do like a, a chicken or a steak mac and sure. cheese. You can just like throw do it a in there. Bit of everything. A brisket mac and cheese. Like love a brisket mac. Right. So mm-hmm. he's saying, like, look, I, I go with everything. Mm-hmm. So and I can be a lot more. I, I'm with you. Okay. But you're like, but you're also you're that's, right here. That's a good one. And then there's the nights where he goes one for nine from three. That's when somebody's like, you know, you can put peas in mac and cheese. Like, knock it off. <laughs> Stop trying to put vegetables in my mac and cheese. <laughs> Davion Mitchell's cranberry sauce, because at my house, cranberry sauce is not on the table. Davion Mitchell no longer in the rotation. I'm sorry. That's how it goes. Cold world at Kyle's It'd house. It'd be like that. I just don't, I, Cold like world, said, Kyle. A cranberry bliss bar from a coffee shop? Great. The cranberries, uh, was that, is that a like cranberry a cranberry lemon bar. Yeah, the cranberry lemon bars that, that Mrs. Ham made, delightful on oh. there. Cranberry sauce, get it out of my face. It's just not in the rotation for me. That's why it's Davion Mitchell. So I, I've never been someone here. This might actually fit in here. I've never been someone who would put cranberry sauce on my plate while I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. But after I'm done, I would prefer that to one of the delicious pies because I don't like crust. 
Oh. So, so it's one of those Do things. Do you just that, eat cranberry sauce just by itself? Yeah, I'll just sit there and eat cranberry sauce by itself, whether it's the- Out of the can? What, either one. You just can't? I, I can. I can. I can sit there and I can just like sit there with a fork and just like, all right, thin slice, thick sliced out of a can. Uh, or like if someone makes a really good uh, like homemade cranberries everywhere, like maybe a little orange peel in there, a little zest in there, you know, like a good one. Oh, I can do it. All right, man. For me, it's out of the rotation. All right. I was looking and just making sure I didn't forget any Thanksgiving sides. So I clicked on an article on some website. And one of the third things, like right there at the top, was cauliflower steak. What? That's JaVale McGee. Because like, bro, what's happening here? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, what What do you? And then you take, and you're like, hey, you know what? I kind of see it. Like, okay, maybe I can rock with it. And then, and then, no. Why is this? What is happening? Why is that? I don't here? love this. That doesn't fit here. I don't love this. Okay. Like, okay, maybe for a very special reason, somebody will want a cauliflower steak so you can have one for those three minutes a night. Or those people but, that don't participate in eating meat. Yeah. And so that, okay, that's a very special, like, again, that, that's three minutes when your centers are in foul trouble against Nikola Jokic. But for the most part, I don't. I'm this not going to waste my here. calories. This doesn't I'm work. I'm not going to waste my calories. Okay. Uh, Chris Duarte for me. Uh-oh. Okay. And this is for me personally. And I think this is going to be controversial. But again, this is my list. If this is different than your list, that's fine. Chris Duarte for me is yams or sweet potatoes. Because there are times I eat the sweet potatoes and I'm like, damn, I see the vision. I want more of this. And there are times you see that with Chris Duarte. And then there are other times where I'm like, I don't need this anymore. This is committing eight fouls per 36. This does not belong here. I don't want it anymore. This is out of place. This doesn't fit. Okay. You see where it fits in the context of the dinner, but it's like, you know what? Not for me. I don't like Maybe it a different at all. Uh, so like there are, like I might use that for someone else, but mm-hmm. like I'm not a yeah, sweet and there, potato or yam. And there are people who are like yams are elite. That's the deer the marshmallow edition, thing fine. and yeah. all that stuff. No, I yeah. don't touch any of it. Okay. Um, Colby Jones. I know where you're going. Is the this. pre is the pre dinner charcuterie board? Okay? Oh, because it's like you know what? Not ready to be at the dinner table just yet. Not not the dinner table, but dude, love having it around. Okay, love having the pre dinner charcuterie board because that goes out about eleven o'clock. You pick at that. For me, dinner this year will be at like three o'clock because I have a forty nine er game to cover, but. The pre-dinner is one of my favorite parts of the day. Even though it's not part of the dinner, it's still one of my favorite things to see out there. It looks great. It's versatile, salty, sweet. You see where all the components could come together. I also think that there are some people out there who who eat too much of that, and then they they can't really do the dinner. Mm-hmm. They can't really yeah. optimize the dinner, yep. and, and they're always thinking about how good the charcu- uh, charcuterie right. plate is. And and not really understanding that it's not part of the dinner yet. At least not just yet. Not yeah. just yet. <laughs> okay. I'm one. with you. Uh, my last one, Jordan Ford. I just picked Jordan Ford. Is pumpkin pie. Because when that's when that comes out, that's when you know the dinner's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's cleanup time. It's mop-up duty. 
It's like Jalen Slauson. Yeah, Jalen Slauson goes here. Cherry pie. Cherry pie. Uh, yeah. Ke- Kessler Edwards in some instances. Apple pie. Apple pie. Uh, Just like, oh, these guys are these guys are on the court. All right, hey, wrap it up. Wrap it. This one's done. It's done. We're all done here. Someone's over there sleeping on the couch already. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're already done. I love it, Kyle. So, all right. Did we that's miss it. anyone? I think we I don't missed think people. So. Yeah. So Maybe we it. did. That's that's uh, the Sacramento Kings. Is Thanksgiving side dishes. Thank you, audience. All right. You didn't give anyone the green bean casserole. Oh, I missed the GBC. So I was. Mm. See, that's got to be your favorite. Well, Kyle. okay, but I had GBC in here for two separate ones, and then I liked different explanations for them better. That's super funny that I didn't even get to green bean casserole. What a dunce! All right. What a dunce. <laughs> Alex Len is green bean casserole because you get green bean casserole once a year. And every once in a while, you're like, man, this is good. Why doesn't this play more? Yeah, every time I have this, it's good. Why don't I get more? Of th- Why doesn't this play more? It's not elite. It's not perfect. But you know what? It's really good in this instance. And then you go, I should have, I'm going to have this a different time of year. And then the game goes on and. Uh, well, yeah. I enjoyed this, Kyle. I, I don't know if anyone else out there did, but I, I enjoyed this. Good. I'm glad. We have to break right now. We've got 49ers Seahawks, Thanksgiving football, and uh, Mad Props coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Luby, ESPN 1320. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to hour number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Yeah, man, hour number two. Taking you right up to noon where D'Lo and KC will take over. Having a good time talking Thanksgiving food. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Miss Mac brings up Coach Brown is red wine and all the the assistants, uh, all assistants, all other alcohol. Um, I think Mike Brown is a red wine because uh, I need wine at Thanksgiving because on more than one occasion, Kyle, it's just overwhelming and I don't want to be there anymore mm-hmm. because there are people that you only see once or twice a year and you're like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough of yep. this person or that person and I need to escape into a bottle of wine. That's excellent. And so, yeah, I, I think it is, it's kind of the, the thing that, you know, it has to be there. It has to be, it, it has to be there. I'll go mimosa in the morning and then I'll sip on, like I, I will nurse a, a like dark, heavy beer oh, through okay. the early afternoon. And then once dinner starts, I'll go to wine. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'll start with a, you know, you got to keep it light. You got to do a Pinot Noir. You got to do a sure. Chardonnay to go with your, your turkey. Sure. Something nice and light. Um, it's just my folks and my in-laws and my grandma coming over this year. So I get to avoid the like family members that I need to drink to be around. I don't have many of them. Oh, I got a few. But I, I, I've, I've gotten very lucky. Like the nightmare family stories, I don't have any of them. Oh, I like no. my family. Oh, no, I, I, I've got some. So, But yeah. every once in a while, it's like, you know what? I'm going to need a few drinks to be comfortable here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to remind everybody, speaking of Thanksgiving, that you can listen to Thanksgiving football right here on ESPN 1320. Washington at Dallas. Coverage for that one begins at 1 o'clock. And then we've got Black Friday college football at 8.30 a.m. That's when coverage begins. So if you are out and about doing some shopping, running some errands, whatever you're doing on Black Friday, tap into ESPN 1320. We've got TCU at Oklahoma on Friday morning. And then Saturday, your Sacramento State Hornets are in the FCS playoffs beginning at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday. Sac State is at North Dakota in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Going to be freezing, 36 degrees at kickoff for that one. Oh, that sounds unfortunate. Go Hornets. Stingers up, baby. No. <laughs> no, Kyle. <laughs> Your deep attachment to UC Davis not going to let you. Um, let's get into some some keys for the Kings game on uh, tonight. I was going to say on Friday, but it's tonight's game. Um, what what do you got? I know we talked about this one a little bit earlier, but and you got to slow Zion down, man. That's just you can't. Yeah, you got to force him to cooking. go right. Yeah. Like, hey, are you going to beat me? Beat me going right. Like, how is that going to happen? Like, I, I don't think he can. You know, you didn't make it hard on him. You didn't force him to shoot jump shots. Keep him, yeah. keep him away from the basket. You know, zone up if you have to. Do whatever it is you have to do. Keep him away from the basket and, and don't let him go to the the left hand side. Yeah, like there are certain players that that there's no way to stop them when they go left because you know they have a jump hook or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just like you know they're really high quality scores. But Zion's not doing that; he's just hitting you with like power layups mm-hmm. to the left. So yeah. figure out a way to stop that. He's a freight train and he's spectacular, mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty simple, like. Make him be a three-point shooter. Yeah. Make him do something yeah, different. Sag off a little bit. Yeah. Make him do something different, and just dare him to beat you in different ways, as opposed to just doing the same thing you do every time. You know, like I, I want to see the Kings like have three guys standing in the middle of the key, locking arms. Like, <laughs> Here he comes! Everybody, shift right, shift right, shift right. Shift right. <laughs> just, they're just charge on. Cut them off. All of them. Three fouls at once. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that would be my first key. Um, okay. I think also going at him defensively. 
I know he's not like a bad defender, but trying to maybe get him in some kind of foul trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's always a possibility. Yeah. Um, but, like, you don't even remember him really as a defender in this game. Yeah, right. So, um, I think my, my second key is uh, is hit your three-point shots. Yeah, 11 of 45 is not going to do it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, this team has to, you know, they have to be up around 35 40%. Uh, 38, you know, like sit right around there and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, you need Kevin Herter to come up big, especially with Keegan Murray out. You need Harrison Barnes to step up. Mm-hmm. You need Sasha Vazenkov to hit some shots to space mm-hmm. the floor. Uh, all of these things matter. And, you know, the Kings really, I mean, Malik Monk, you can't have De'Aaron Fox fall in love with the three and go two for 12 again. That's yeah. just not okay. Yeah. I, I, this is, you mentioned Harrison Barnes. This is the kind of game where if Keegan Murray is out, it's like okay, now Harrison Barnes moves up a rung in the in the pecking offensive order. touches pecking order. Thank you. Yeah, and he needs to take advantage of those. Like if he's got if Brandon Ingram's guarding him, like he can push Brandon Ingram around a little bit. No, I take think him so. to the rack. Yeah, take got, him to the rack. And yeah. you know, for that matter, take Zion to the rack. Yeah, go, go get him in foul trouble. Yeah, like that's that's the way you can beat him. And then if they want to clog the lane with Valanciunas. Okay, Domas needs to sit at the sixteen foot mark and just hit those shots. Yep, he does. Or yep. or go out and start hitting the threes like he has all season long, like space the floor a little bit too. If you're Domas, my key to the game is Harrison Barnes going over thirteen and a half points. Oh, it's one of my keys. Okay, gotta go. Gotta go over that mark. Yeah, I think the opportunities are going to be there. He had sixteen last game, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I thought he was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even took him in my my prize picks, and he he was uh, I think the one person that oh, actually big winner, nice covered. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what else do we got? Uh, my third key: don't let go of the rope. Yeah, like this is a tough stretch for the Kings. Uh, they're in Game Five of a six game road trip, and this team took you to the woodshed on on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let that be who you are, where a team like Houston thumps you. That's it. Twice. That's it. Where a team like Golden State gets you twice in the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Golden State thing, they were much closer to Golden State than they were to Houston. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a team that's at 500. If you want to be a team that's at the top of the Western Conference standings, right now the Kings are fifth. If you want to be that team, you want to talk about it, then you got to go out there and beat teams like this and you need to make adjustments. And I know you're banged up, but so are they like CJ McCollum's not playing. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really, really good player that makes them much better because of his ability to space the floor. Mm -hmm. Like go out there and beat them. Like stop making excuses. Uh, You know, I haven't heard a lot of excuses, but stop saying we just got out coached. We got out, we got out played. We got out, uh, you know, they beat us up. Like that can't be who you are. It becomes a little bit of a concerning trend if they go get housed again tonight because that's what happened in Houston. And if all of a sudden it's like, hey, every time the Kings go on the road for more than a couple of games or if they get beat by a team once, then they're just going to get beat again. Like, that's not good signs. No, no, no. Especially especially with a game in Minnesota coming up on the last game of the trip, that's going to be a really tough game. You got you You have to go get this one. Yeah, I mean, I think if we told you at the beginning of a six-game road trip that the Kings could go, that they would split, you'd be like, eh, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's not great because what was it, Lakers, Spurs, uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was your first three. Yeah. And then Pelicans, Pelicans, T-Wolves. I mean, realistically, if you said, hey, you're going to go 500 on the trip, I think a lot of people would be like, okay, 
that's yeah. that's not horrible. Like yeah. we we would take that. Mm-hmm. But if you go three and zero to start and you come back five hundred on the trip, that's tough. Now we're talking about a different thing, and also that sets you up to on Tuesday, if you want to play in the in season tournament, you have to beat you have, without any question. You would have to beat Golden State on mm-hmm. Tuesday. If not, you're not getting in. Most likely. The good news is, is I think they're going to boat race Golden State. Oh, okay, that's good. But we can we can talk about that on on Monday and Tuesday. I guess Tuesday is when that game is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I I think that's that's the biggest thing for me is like you can't go into this game and whatever it was, maybe whatever it was that ailed them against the Rockets that caused them to lose worse in the second game than they did in the first one. That can't happen. And maybe having De'Aaron Fox there, because that's the thing, is I, I think Fox is the kind of player who's just not going to let that happen. Well, I don't think he's going to have a, another awful game like he did. And I think you're going to come out. Um, if, if, you, if you bet or whatever and you can get De'Aaron Fox over on his whatever his first quarter point total is, I'm taking that. Mm. I think he's going to come out fast. I think he's going to set a tone. Okay. And that's, that's going to be, if they go down early, like that's where you start to see them let go of the rope a little bit, I think. So got to start, got to start fast. That's my key. Okay. All right. Um, we got mad props coming up next. Kings game, 49ers game, stats from each. Which one will be higher? James and I are going to run through that. I would love to see you participate at youtube.com slash ESPN1320. And uh, we will be back in just a moment with some mad props. Here we go. To the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty. Yeah, it is. Let's do some mad props, man. We're gonna take the Kings game. I'm in tonight. So Kings play tonight and Friday. So we're gonna take the Kings game tonight, and then of course the uh, 49ers game in Seattle on Thursday. Huge game for the 49ers. Um, so the way this works, if you are unfamiliar with mad props is I make up two stats and James and I pick which one of those will be higher between the Kings game and the 49ers game. So our first one this week, just if you're if you're not familiar and that explanation didn't make sense, here's an example in our first one. 49ers Seahawks total points. So the total points scored in the 49ers and Seahawks game or De'Aaron Fox points and assists tonight. Oh, I'm taking... Niners Seattle total points. Okay. I got this 3121. Ooh, that's a lot of that's man 52. That's really high. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be something like 24. You can pick <laughs> I was looking, I was just digging around on the internet the other day. If you want to bet the 49ers and Seahawks game to end at exactly 24 to 19 49ers you can get it at plus 30,000 what yeah for like three dollars please yeah it's like 10 bucks and you win three grand if 24 to 19 hits so that's the range that I think it's going to be in that 43 44 for the total I think Darren's going to have a huge night tonight I think you're going to see him at 35 36 points I think he goes seven eight assists I think it's going to be really close but I'm going to take Darren I think this is going to be a mm. double birds, De'Aaron Fox MVP level game. Okay, the the Sacramento Kings need that. I know, and they I think ne- they're going to they need it. to roast this team like yep. they got roasted the other night. I agree. 
And I, I think De'Aaron knows that, and I think he's going to have a big game because of it. So I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox points and assists more than the 49ers and Seahawks total. Uh, moving on, Christian McCaffrey touches. So this is receptions and carries. Or Demona Sabonis points plus assists. Well, I'm taking Sabonis. Okay. Sabonis did not have a good game. He finished with 18. Yeah. That was not a good game at all combined. He had 10 yeah. points, 8 assists, right? Yeah. I've got him at, I'm going to say 22 and 9. So I had 19 and 9, were my, were my, which is 28. I think the Niners are going to lean heavy on McCaffrey. But here's, my, here's why I'm picking Domas. Because if I think the Niners lean on McCaffrey, but I think about 28 is maybe like the max that they're looking at for touches for him. Okay. Whereas 28 for Domas is like not minimum, but if he had 25 points, it wouldn't shock me. Okay. I know, like, Valanchunas plays him tough. He He's one of the big, strong guys, ground-based guy, mm-hmm. um, but he's also really tall. Mm-hmm. So, And these two know each other so well because they played together yeah. on the Lithuanian national team forever. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're friends. They, they know each other. They know each other's game. They practice against each other. Mm-hmm. I just think you're going to see, we've seen those moments where, um, like, like Sabonis just plays at a different level mm-hmm. where all of a sudden he's like, Oh no, I'm taking over. I'm going to be physical. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's where I kind of think we're going to start seeing Sabonis tonight. Okay. At least I would hope because that's what you need on uh, again, again to avoid uh, having the Houston rocket situation all over again. There's definitely a chance that I'm just going to whiff big time on this one, but whatever. Uh, Jawan Jennings receiving yards or Trey Lyles minutes. Oh, That's tough. So it depends. So here's where I said I had Trey Lyles in my brain in the like 18 to 20 minute range. Yeah. And Jawan Jennings over under on receiving yards typically in the 15 and a half range. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like Jennings can have a game where he has a couple of extra catches. Right. And it's different. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go Trey Lyles. Yeah, I'm there too, because if he goes for 23 minutes, it wouldn't surprise me. If Jawan Jennings has 23 yards, I'd definitely be a little bit surprised. I would be surprised if it's 23, because I don't know that that Mike Brown has clearance for 23 minutes with mm. Trey Lyles. But now, okay. like the minutes, like I haven't heard this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is on a minutes restriction. He's been practicing hard for a couple of weeks yeah Yeah. i mean they they we saw him maybe it was three weeks ago but it was on the half court and then this last time everyone saw him it was in a full court setting where they're making him run up and down and Mm -hmm. and do the the same type type of workout but you know on a full court setting those game movements are just a little bit different though yeah so so it wouldn't surprise me if they're like give him 15 to 18 tonight and we'll see how he responds yeah before cranking those up okay 49ers sacks, so sacks by the 49ers defense, or Harrison Barnes assists. Oh, I'm going Niners sacks. Yeah, I think I am. Hmm. I am too because I think you're going to see more of a score, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. It's going to be like three to two kind of yeah, thing. Two, yeah, yeah. I think the Niners will have four to five sacks. 
Oh, I, I don't think that the uh, that Harrison Barnes will be at that assist wise. Okay, Debo Samuel touches again. We're going to touches, so receptions and rushes. Yep. Or Malik Monk three point attempts. Mm, man, these are tough. I know, man. These are tough. I make them up and I don't have good answers. Wow. I'm stumping uh, myself. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah, I'm gonna go Debo. Mm, okay. Debo. I think I'm gonna go monk three point attempts. Ooh. I think you're looking at maybe four catches for Debo and like two rushing yard or two rushes. Okay. So that's six. But he also kills the Seahawks, so maybe they crank the carries up a little bit. Whereas Malik, like seven, eight threes. Okay. okay. I'm gonna I, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with Malik three point attempts. And then last one. Seahawks punts. So punts by the Seahawks. Okay. Or Davion Mitchell points. Oof. I'm going Davion Mitchell points. You think you're gonna get a decent game out of Davion? I think seven. I don't seven. think seven. Oh yeah, no, they're not gonna punt that many times. No. I'm going to go Seattle. I think Seattle probably punts five times, and I think you're looking at like three or four points from Davion. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm rocking with. Partly to for the bit, so we pick different ones. Okay. So we're different on the first one, Niners-Seahawks total with Fox points and assists. You have Niners. I have Fox. Um, and then the last two. So Debo touches or Malik three-point attempts. You have Debo touches. I have Malik threes. And uh, I have Seahawks punts. You have Davion Mitchell points for the last one. Okay. Mixing it up. Awesome. Yeah, man. I love doing this bit. And it just gives me something to do at the end of the night where I just go dig into the box scores and try to find it, find yeah. something. I haven't had any bang on the number yet. I've had that a few times at, at my old station when we would do this. I thought we had one in week one. No. No. I've not hit the exact number yet. We thought that there would be one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked one in week one. Um. You last week correctly predicted the total in the King Spurs game. Oh, that's right. Was it two forty nine? Two forty nine. Yeah, yeah. That was spot on. Okay, yeah. I think I'm gonna. And go. you picked the impressive part about that is you picked that without knowing what the over under was. Oh yeah, yeah. You said that number, then the total was two forty eight and a half. Mm. Really impressive. Okay. Vegas is ridiculous. Yeah, but like there was a point where I would, you know, like look at those things a couple of times here and there, like when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, So I kind of have an idea of what the point line might be and mm-hmm. like teams average and stuff. But like the numbers in my head, I, yeah. I, I got a lot of the numbers in my head. When do the Kings play the Pacers? Speaking of point totals. That's a good question. When do they play the that's Pacers? One of those, that's one of the, so there's a couple games I've circled this year because with my schedule, with how it is, it's really hard for me to go with where I live and then my schedule, it's really hard for me to go to King's weekday games because mm-hmm. I wake up so early, get out of the arena so late. It's like I'm not getting home till midnight and then I'm up at 3.30. That's tough for your boy. So I've I've circled a couple of weekday games later in the year. January 18th. What day is that? That's it's a, a Tuesday? Thursday. Thursday? Because then they play the Spurs the 25th at home. Um, yes. No. Yeah. January 25th is at Golden State. That's the start of another six Oh, when game. do they play the Spurs? That's a seven-game road 17th? trip. 17th? They play the Spurs in January, I believe. They do. Um, no. They don't? No. When do they play the Spurs at home? Um, February 22nd. Oh, February 22nd. And that's a Thursday. Oh. Oh, and then they got them on March 7th at home. And that again is a Thursday. Jeez. Boy, they, t- I'm going to have to take a Friday off. These Thursdays. Yeah. That's fine. I just want to see Wemby once. 
Yeah. Well, I guess you could just stay. You, like, you'll have to stay. Yeah, I could just crash. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's crash fine. at Dame's house. That's easy. <laughs> just going to invite myself on yeah, yeah. the... You can sleep on the, Damien's guest the big white pool table. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Throw a sheet on it. <laughs> um, all right. KJ Wright, former Seahawks linebacker, former Raiders linebacker. He is going to join us next to break down this 49er Seahawks matchup on Thursday night in Seattle. Uh, KJ is doing a ton of work in media. He's doing a podcast. He's doing radio. Uh, really smart football mind, and he played against Kyle Shanahan offenses. Mm-hmm. He's played in Seattle for Seattle for Pete Carroll. Uh, really, really interesting guy to talk to about this. Really looking forward to this conversation. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Talked plenty of Sacramento Kings today, but now let's look ahead to the Thursday night nightcap. 49ers, mm. Seahawks, and we're going to do that with uh, former Seahawks linebacker, former Raiders linebacker, uh, KJ Wright. He is a Super Bowl champion. You can... Uh, hear his podcast, KJ All Day. You can listen and watch that on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your pods. You can also hear him on Seattle's ESPN 710 AM, the KJ Wright Show. He's on Instagram, KJ underscore Wright 34. That's also where he's at on Twitter. KJ, thank you so much for hopping on with uh, with me and James today. How you doing? Fellas, doing well. Back at home with the family. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, man, really looking forward to this game uh, tomorrow night, Brock Purdy and the 49ers heading up to Seattle where, uh, I mean, you and the 49ers have had, had so many great battles there over the <laughs> years. Uh, I, I want to talk about Brock Purdy first, though. What what are your thoughts of, of him as a quarterback, as somebody um, you know who, who played the game, who knows ball, um, but is not necessarily in the, in the sphere of, of the San Francisco 49ers? What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? I'm a big fan of Brock Purdy, and what his best trait that he has is that he's simply a winner. The guys were 13 and 4 as a starter. And I know facing this Kyle Shanahan type offense, he comes to the line of scrimmage with two or three plays in his headset. And he's the guy responsible. So when he gets to the line of scrimmage, sees what the defense in, he has to put all 11 guys on the same page and make sure they have the best play call, make sure they execute um, on that down and distance. And so for him to come on the, on the scene, seventh round pick, um, you know, back against the wall, earn himself a starting spot. Um, I love Brock Purdy, and he utilizes his talent so well. You got Christian McCaffrey does his thing. You got the weapons on the outside, but he protects the football. 
He's also a guy that can be explosive down the football field. We saw what he did last week, just getting the ball down to George Kittle, getting it to IU deep. And so he's super talented and um, all this stuff. He's a game manager, Mr. Irrelevant. It's time to put that noise to rest. A guy can simply play some big-time football. You know, when you're watching him play, KJ, um, you, it is those those intermer- intermediary – boy, I can't say mm-hmm. that word today – and the, the deep passes <laughs> that – that he's really living in. It's not just a bunch yeah. of like dink and yeah. dunk, dunk stuff. How would you, if you were uh, asked by Pete Car- uh, Carroll, uh, I, you know, how would you slow him down? How would you slow down this offense? Where would you go? Because it really is yeah. a high powered, crazy offense. I mean, he's on pace for 4,500 mm-hmm. yards. So anytime you face a Kyle Shanahan offense, the most success that I had is when you have got to, I promise you have got to throw this man some curveballs. If you come out there and you line up in your over-covered three, like they saw on film, like they practiced all week, this play, this play caller will pick you apart. you got to bring some fire zones on first and second down. you got to go cover two on a first and ten when it could potentially be a run, but if they pass it, he's going to be shocked when he see two high safeties and linebackers um, playing underneath. And so you got to switch it up. You can't just line up in the same old stuff that they see on film. It's really a chess match that you are playing with the Kyle Shanahan type of offense. And so if it's Brock Purdy, I'm trying to get him in a third and seven, third and eight, make everything look the same on defense, but we're going to do different stuff out of this look that we're bringing on the table. And so um, first and second down is where you got to earn your money. If you're a defensive coordinator to Clint Hurt or the Seattle Seahawks, you have got to earn your money on first and second down, earn the right to rush the passer, and find a way for the young quarterback to make some mistakes on third and plus. Talking with former Seahawks Pro Bowl linebacker K.J. Wright. What is it about like Kyle Shanahan's offense? Because we always hear, like, oh, Kyle Shanahan's offense is so difficult to stop. It's so different. Obviously, the Niners have, have incredible playmakers, but what is it specifically about what he does as a play designer and play caller that makes life so difficult for a defender? So from, from a linebacker standpoint, what he does so well is that he keeps you so off balance. There's times when I step on the football field and I'm playing an opponent, I can come to the line of scrimmage and I can tell you exactly what play they're running. And my ten and eleven year career, anytime I played a Kyle Shanahan offense, I could never tell you what the play was just by lining up at the line of scrimmage. And so he keeps you so off balance. The motions, the shifts, the um, the fake toss run of boot action off of it. The um, he's just a trendsetter when it comes to calling plays. And from a linebacker standpoint, it is a nightmare. I got to play the run. I got to play the power. I got to play the toss. Now I got to play the toss boot. Now I got to play a play action. He's throwing it right behind me. And so he knows who to attack on defense. He's going to find a way to set you up. He's going to do a play maybe in the first quarter and come back in the third quarter off of a similar look or on a completely different play. And so on. I can never just get a beat on him as a linebacker. And when I say he's the best play caller, hands down, he's the best play caller. You know, when we look at this uh, this Seattle offense, they've they've had some you know they've had some success. It maybe isn't as good as it was last year, or it doesn't feel that way. Uh, but they still have a ton of weapons. Um, how do you think that they're going to attack this Niners defense? And how much do you think that Hafanga's uh, absence is going to be sort of the soft spot that they really look to exploit early on? I mean, you're being really nice with our offense. You, I thank you for being so friendly. But uh, let's be honest. Jason Myers, our kicker, has scored more points than our offense um, these last two games. Last two games. And I look at our offense, and we, like you said, we have a DK Metcalf. We have a Tyler Lockett. We had a Geno Smith 
that uh, we extended who coming off a Pro Bowl season. And we have just not quite put it together, in particular in the red zone. We're getting down there. We're making stuff happen. But we'll get in the red zone. We have still yet in week 11, week 12, to find our identity and who we are as a football team. And so um, I'm excited to see if we can get this figured out uh, when we do cross the 25-yard line. Um, we have a young rookie named Jake Bobo, who I'm excited to come and make some plays. We have Zach Charbonnet, the rookie running back, who needs to be our, our red zone threat. And um, obviously with the injury to you guys' safety, that, that will hurt a little bit. But um, with this defensive line, with those linebackers you guys have, in my personal opinion, you guys are the best defense since the Legion of Boom era, obviously, that I, that I played in. And so it's going to be hard. It won't be easy because you guys are stingy. Y'all create turnovers. But um, if we get down the red zone and find our identity, then I truly believe it's going to be a ball game. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring up the Legion of Boom as we talk with former Seahawks linebacker KJ Wright because – Bobby Wagner is still out there playing at a high level. He's back yep. in Seattle now. What is it about playing alongside him and what, what he does on a field that makes him that makes him a future Hall of Famer? I kid you not. I remember asking Bobby like my third year in the league. I said, hey, bro, do you think you can keep making like over 100 tackles each and every year? Because at this <laughs> point, I didn't reach 100 tackles ever. I was like, bro, how do you do it and do you think you can sustain it? And I and I kid you not, this past uh, game when we played the Rams, he equipped 100 tackles for 12 straight seasons. And this man is so consistent. He works his tail off each and every year. Um, I can't beat him to work. When I play with him, I try to beat him to work every single day. I set my alarm for 3.30 in the morning. Bobby Wagner is in the building. And um, he stayed healthy. He knows how to take care of his body. But I kid you not, guys, the way that he studies, his attention to detail, the way he practices, he doesn't miss practice. The guy's always at practice. He's always at walkthrough. And just, um, you know, my friend for life, and I just have the honor of just having someone to compete side by side with. Like, we competed on the field, but it was always, obviously, always love. For him to do it for 12 straight seasons, I mean, Bobby has at least another three more in him. Man. Yeah. Incredible player. Absolutely incredible what he's been able to do at age 33 still. Uh, KJ, I want to ask you, Tom Brady made some comments uh, yesterday, and I'm not sure where these comments, I, I wasn't paying attention as to who he's making these comments to, but he talked about how the game has changed so much and how, you know, whether it's coaching or the development of young players, how it really has changed. But the thing that I keyed in on is how the game has, uh, they they just don't officiate it the same way as they used to. Yeah. You know, what's a, what's a personal foul, what's not? And he yep. talked about how, you know, guys like Ronnie Law, Rodney Harrison, like these guys that were hitters, like they couldn't play in today's game. And, yeah. you know, they would just get suspended. They would get penalties every single uh, time up and down the, the field. Just in your time of not just mm-hmm. playing, but watching it morph over even like the last 10 years, it really does seem that we've seen such a, a crazy shift. And how difficult is that as someone who, who played at a high level to watch it shift and get away from, you know, really the, the brand of football it was yeah. before. Yeah, and, and think about it. Like, fans, they, they, they are drawn to this game because of the gladiator mentality, because of the physicality of the sport. Like, you are out here, you want to hit guys, you want to smack guys, you want to have that highlight type of play, especially as a defender. And when I saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes and Fletcher Cox the other day, like, what are we doing here? He took one step and he shoved them, he pushed them. And that's the 15-yard penalty that allow the Chiefs to continue their drive. 
And um, I just look at the rules that they're making. I'm all for player health and safety. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. But they're throwing guys out left and right. They're finding running backs now. You saw they finding like Josh Jacobs like two weeks in a row for just lowering his head yeah. in, in, in the line of scrimmage. What else is he supposed to do? And so I look at the people that's in position to make these decisions. We need more former players in Roger Goodell's ear. We need more former guys in those decisions um, saying, hey, this is what the game needs. This is bad for the game. This is good for the game. And so um, it is really hard to watch, you know, especially that throwing guys out left and right. And so they, need, they do need to get back to what people fell in love with because right now people aren't enjoying the sport. Yeah, I know, I know they can't, and that's a great answer, and I know they can't necessarily like legislate intent, right? But it feels like the, the ejections and the fines and stuff have just gotten really extreme. And, and my issue, my biggest issue with it, because like you, like you said, KJ, the player safety is, is number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same yeah. time, they're trying to have guys are bigger now. They're faster than they've ever been. And they're trying to have these officials make these like bang, bang calls on the field. To me, if you're going to be ejecting guys and, and affecting guys' pockets and finding them, yeah. you need to be able to watch replays and slow it down and check all these angles instead of just doling out these these flags and ejections and fines. Listen, I met with Goodell this during the draft. I met with him during the draft, and we talked. I said, what happened to that year where we went back and reviewed holding? when we reviewed um, if this is the right decision by this referee. And according to, according to him, it's like it slowed the game down and it really didn't make a big difference. And, like, obviously they, they went with the call that the referee made majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe we need to give that another shot. There's a lot of plays that I'm seeing. Like the ref, he, he's messing it up. We had a pass interference um, against the Rams against Devin Witherspoon. Puka Nakua literally just fell. He stumbled, and they caught a pass in the fence. They got a touchdown the next play in the end zone. Man. And so um, you want to get this right because people's livelihood is on the line. Um, there's a lot of money, a lot of playoff implications. Uh, Super Bowl is obviously on the line. And so you want to get it right with these referees, and I think the only way to do that is to review these penalties, especially if it comes to ejecting the guy. Talking with KJ Wright, former Seahawks linebacker. Uh, last two two quick ones here for you, KJ, before we let you go. I know you're with your family and want to get you back to that. I really appreciate you making time for us. Does Seattle get a win tomorrow night? <laughs> Don't do me like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be challenging. We, um, we haven't quite put together a complete game. And the teams that we have beat, we beat the Commanders. We beat the, the Panthers. We beat the Browns. We didn't have a starting quarterback. But when we played a decent team, um, it's been rough. We we lost to the Rams, obviously. We lost to um, we lost to the Bengals, mm-hmm. and so we're playing a really really good football team. If we can, if we can figure out our red zone woes, yes, we will win the game. Got it. All right, red red zone is red zone scoring key number one from uh, from KJ Wright. Okay, and, la- and last thing here, KJ, um, Thanksgiving tomorrow, you can have one Thanksgiving side at the table. What are you bringing? I'm bringing my midnight snack, which is always my go-to. Give me some gumbo. It may sound crazy, but I want me some gumbo around 9 o'clock after I eat my turkey and dressing. So that's, that's my go-to after, after I eat my Thanksgiving traditional food. I'm so happy you said gumbo. That sounds incredible. I want gumbo. That sounds incredible. Mississippi <laughs> 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 me. Hey, KJ, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes today. Uh, go enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, gentlemen. Have fun tomorrow. Yep. Thanks, man.
Red zone scoring. You heard it. KJ Wright, uh, former Seahawks pro bowler, uh, Super Bowl champion. And like I said, you can hear his podcast, KJ, all day. You can watch that on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to it, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hear him on Seattle's ESPN 710 AM with the KJ Wright Show. KJ underscore Wright 34 on Instagram and Twitter. He's really good. Great guy. Yeah. Really great guy. I, I, I appreciate and respect. I understand what a former player is like. The team I played for is awesome. I owe them everything that I have in my life. I'm going to ride and die with them. I'm going to pick them every single week. Okay. I respect a former player who's like, like maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll win. <laughs> I, I I love the objectivity. I don't even think that he was saying maybe they'll win. I I I'm I was surprised. Like, it doesn't sound like he has a lot of faith in what's he, happening right now. He was he was trying to avoid the soundbite going out of him being like they don't have a chance. Yeah, he went. He was like, it's going to be tough if they figure out their red zone scoring, they'll win. Well, I mean, like, look, this is a Niners in Seattle. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I I think that playing on Thanksgiving Day might actually be a little bit of a blessing. Oh, how come? Because you're going to get, I mean, we're talking about a five o'clock start, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a bunch of people who loaded up on turkey, who loaded, who've been drinking all day, who are watching football. Then they get to the game. I mean, we're talking about a metropolitan mm-hmm. city where, you know, the stadium is right downtown. So a lot of people aren't going to be commuting. They're they're going to mm. hop on a bus. They're going to mm-hmm. you know take an Uber. They're going to take whatever to get to the the stadium. And I think you're going to have a lot of people who are, are a little a little tired, got a little tryptophan going. I would be surprised if the intensity and the noise level is the same as it always is there. Oh, okay. But uh, not to like uh, it, that's a great crowd. It's probably like one of the best crowds in the NFL for noise level and everything else. Yeah. But I think that playing on Thanksgiving day might actually be advantageous on the road for the 49ers. Hmm. 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 I hadn't thought about that. What would I do? I'm trying to think as you were talking there, I was trying to think of what I would do if I was going to, if the 49ers and Seahawks were playing at Levi's and I was going to go, what would my Thanksgiving day look like? Oh, yeah. Because I think at that point That's you're horrible. you're punting a traditional dinner and you're just tailgating with Thanksgiving food. Yeah, but I, I think that's what makes Santa Clara like such a pain in the behind. Like it's so difficult to get to. It's so difficult to get in and out of the arena. Like that's not Seattle. I, I think they yeah. like you can take the metro to the uh, to the stadium in Seattle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because yeah, I, I have I have an hour and a half drive to Santa Clara. Easy. Yeah, an hour and a half drive, but you got to be there five hours early. Yeah, so you're probably pulling up at like one, leaving the house at like eleven thirty, pulling up about one. Okay. Get done tailgating about four. Get into the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that I sounds think rough. Oh. Yeah, I think it's I gonna like be. That. I think it's gonna be one of those days where a lot of people are sitting at home. They're having a good time. They're like, "Hey, let's go. We All got right, we got tickets tonight. Let's so do this." It's either gonna be what you're saying, or people are just gonna be crazy amped. Yeah, because I, I mean, it is going to be drinking night. since noon. I mean, it is Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is like you could get that sort of uh, noisy, you know, like a, a big performance by the crowd. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy, remember last year with a broken rib and busted oblique, went into Seattle and won on a Thursday night. So we've seen this before. It wasn't Thanksgiving, but this was. Remember, remember that game last year where the Niners went into Seattle Thursday night. Brock Purdy didn't throw at all during the week. Like his first throw came in the tunnel before the game started mm. just to make sure that his body worked. And then they went out and, 
and won. I think it was 21-13 was the final there. It's not great. It'd be the first time if the Niners win tomorrow. It'll be the first time in franchise history that they've won in Seattle in back-to-back years. Wow. Never done it before. It's a hell of a stat, Kyle. It's insane. And like, I know that Seattle won a million games in a row between 2012 and 2020. Like they, the, Seattle just owned that. I think they were, I think they were like 15 and two against the Niners in that stretch, or something insane like that. I need but, to look up how to make gumbo so I can like, <laughs> uh, so I can get a gumbo pot going. And, and you know, I think gumbo is one of those things where it's okay to throw whatever you want in it, right? Yeah. So I, I think that like I could dice up some leftover ham, throw it mm-hmm. on in there. I could dice up some uh, leftover turkey, throw it on in there. You know, I think you could make a post Thanksgiving gumbo that would be. Oh, you know, thanks, gotta, Gumbo. Yeah, I mean, Gumbo, it is, it's one of those things where, you know, you need some, like, adule sausage and stuff, but, uh, you know, you got to find okra if you can. Um, but, yeah, I, I might be down to make, like, a big pot of Gumbo. Oh, now now I'm I'm thinking. As I say, you're on this now. You're tapped in. Yeah, you're making, because... You're making Gumbo on Friday. What I could do is I could, I could put a Gumbo on... Early, well, I mean, if we're talking about midnight snack gumbo, like what he's talking about, uh, that's a good I point. could put a gumbo on early tomorrow morning and have it slow cooking all day. And then mm. when, when I get home at like seven thirty eight, I could throw in a bunch of the extra meat stuff, let it cook for yeah. another two or three hours. And then we're talking midnight snack gumbo. You're just scarfing gumbo. Now I'm scarfing gumbo. Then I have gumbo all day Friday. That sounds really good. We have an idea here, Kyle. Yeah. I don't know if I'll go gumbo, but definitely a post Thanksgiving soup sounds awesome. Mm, yeah, I make an incredible chicken soup, which I could actually uh, cater. We could use turkey instead. Yeah, and, for and sure. So maybe I do it. Maybe I do that. All right. Uh, let's pick the Thanksgiving games real quick, and then uh, we'll talk about the Kings weekend action ahead. The Packers at the Lions. That's your early game, 930 a.m. Packers at Lions. Who do I got? Uh, Lions. I'm going no Lions question. big. Yeah, I'm going Lions big, too. I, I yeah. just don't think the Packers are very good. The Lions are always like a weird Thursday game, but that's because the Lions have always been bad. Oh, and it's always been like, be careful picking against the Lions on Thanksgiving. But this year, the Lions are good. No, so I'm down with, uh, yeah, I'm all I'm over taking, the Lions. I'm taking Detroit. Yeah. I didn't even, I should have, I should have done this with the spread, but it's fine. Commanders and Cowboys. Cowboys. I don't think the Commanders are very good. Yeah, the Commanders are sneaky. But they're the Cowboys aren't losing to them. Uh, M- M- Micah Parsons might have four sacks. Like okay. Sam Howell holds the ball for so long, and the Cowboys' pass rush gets home. So uh, I think the Cowboys. Here's my prediction: I think the Cowboys beat the Commanders so bad that Ron Rivera gets fired. Oh, yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think is going to happen on on Thursday, and then 49ers at Seahawks. <sighs> I'm going to pick the 49ers. Yes. Because I think they're better, mm-hmm. but I don't think they cover. The line is up to seven, according to ESPN. ESPN's Joe Fortenbaugh. A bunch of money came in on the Niners to push that spread from six and a half to seven. I don't think they win by a touchdown. Okay, I, I'm going to amend my earlier prediction uh, as far as point totals. I'm going to say, I'm going to say thirty-one seventeen. Jeez, I have. I would be. I would be really surprised if the Niners hung up 31. Hmm. Yeah, that's just a tough place to play, man. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just scarred from more than a decade of the Niners just getting their asses kicked every time they went to Seattle. Okay. Even when they were good. 
So they 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 got smoked there in 2011, 2012, and 2013. Mm. And I just I don't. Or maybe it was, did they win there in 2011? No, they lost. Did they? No, they lost in 2011. Mm. But either way, they. I'm so I'm so scarred from years of them going up to what is now Lumen Field and just getting smoked. But I think yeah. they're better. They're the better team for sure. They're a but, lot better, I think, right now. They're especially, just a much especially better team. If DK Metcalf doesn't play and if Kenneth Walker doesn't play and he got banged up Geno Smith. I don't know. I think Pete Carroll will have a little something on defense. That's why I don't think they score thirty one. But I picked I said twenty four to nineteen. That's that's about what I where I think we land. Okay. All right. Interesting. I think it'll be just a bigger a bigger win. And a quick reminder that you can listen to that Commanders and Cowboys game right here on ESPN thirteen twenty kickoff set for one thirty. All right. So wait, there's only three games on Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh. I thought yes. last year there were four. Mm. It was pretty solid starting at like nine o'clock and going all the way through. Nine thirty and then boom, 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 boom. Maybe I don't I don't totally remember. Yeah. Um all right. Kings weekend action today at the Pelicans. Uh, Friday at Minnesota. Do you consider that game against Me- Minnesota a measuring stick game? It feels like one to me. It feels like an early measuring stick game. I want to see where the Kings are at health-wise. Ah, okay, that's fair. I mean, yeah, maybe. But again, they're going to be missing uh, McDaniels. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I-, I would think probably a little bit of it, a measuring stick game. To me, it's not like if they lose, it's the end of the world and, oh, my God, they're frauds. But if you keep it, if it's just a tight game where they hang tough with Minnesota or beat Minnesota... I think that's where you can start. You'll start seeing the top three in the West talk yeah. nationally. I, I also would have liked to have seen Embiid play against Minnesota tonight because I think Minnesota mm-hmm. could be riding in on a little bit of a little little chest puffed out stretch. And that's when they get punched in the face. That's right. Yeah, okay. it's gonna be. It's gonna. And Minnesota's defense legit. Now worse with with Jade McDaniel's out. Jade McDaniel's a really good defender, but. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Kings offense does against a very, very good defense. All right, that does it for us. Uh, James, thanks so much for for hanging out on a Wednesday. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Thank you. Got me a bottle of wine. I appreciate it uh, tremendously. Thank you for that. Uh, I can't wait to dive in. I will send you a photo when I when I pour a glass, whether that's tonight or tomorrow. Strong chance it happens tonight. Oh. Really strong chance. Are you going to make a little New York sour with that? No, 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 no. I have I have cheap wine that I make a New York sour with. Come All on. Right. I'm not going to do good stuff in there. Uh, that does it for us. D-Lo and KC next. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgivings with your families and your friends. Enjoy your good food. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.